0: but what makes my firm different is that we can help you create designs that are also energy aligned to help you get the home and life you've always dreamed of. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey, hey everyone, welcome to Home Energy Design. I'm your host, Amanda Gates, and today I have on Stephanie Serian from Mama Minimalist. How many of you moms out there can relate to this? It wasn't until I stuffed a pacifier in one kid's mouth, sang to the other, scarfed down a half-eaten granola bar, and sped through a yellow light, that I realized there has to be a better way. When it comes to living an eco-friendly life, I think we can quickly get on our own way. And she kept saying, I don't have time. It's not convenient. And I don't know how. How many of you out there can resonate with this? I wanted to have Stephanie on because I think that you're going to really resonate with her and relate to her story. And, you know, I don't have kids. So when I wrote the, the book, Easy Everyday Habits, I had a lot of moms reach out to me and say, oh my God, like, it's just, it's busy, busy, busy. And some of these things that are convenient just make our lives easier because kids get busy. So I get it. So that's why I wanted to have Stephanie on the show today. Because here's the thing, what if doing just one thing could change everything? Because it can. In my new book, Easy Everyday Habits to be more eco-friendly, I share over 200 ways that you can start to get eco in super easy ways. And I wrote it in a way so that you can get your kids involved too. So if you do have kids, you may say, well, how the hell does this work? Well, that's where Stephanie comes in. She's the mom of all moms that made it happen. And she now has a blog and a website that shows you how you can do it too. And she goes to some extremes. We talk about it today. She puts her thermostat all the way down to 55. I don't think I could do that. I mean, I drop it down to 67 and I'm complaining, but I get it. These all these little tiny things that you do add up and your dollar is your vote. We talked about that last week on my eco podcast talking more about the book and easy tips that you can do every day. So we talk a lot about that today and easy tips that you can do too. So as you know, I've devoted the entire month of April to being eco because I have a ridiculous love affair with nature and I'm hoping that I can encourage all of you to do the same. I've mentioned it before in Mastering Feng Shui with Confidence, I have an entire module devoted just to nature and nature spirits. And I actually just got back from Washington. I went to Washington and Virginia this week and spent some time with my friend, Chris. I went up there to help her with her feng shui, but she is equally addicted to nature as much as I am. We spent hours in the Virginia woods walking along the Potomac River. We saw snakes and butterflies and cardinals and fish. We saw a fox, raccoons. We molested trees. I mean, we just got downright weird in the woods, like two three-year-olds at an amusement park. We passed three snakes all in a matter of five minutes. And do you know that not one person on the trail in front of us or behind us saw anything? Such joy such amazing joy that people miss out on because they're not paying attention. Most of them are on their phones. So the thing is, is that nature speaks to us. These are messages that we get from the divine. And yeah, you gotta try to interpret them. But if you're a client of mine, you've experienced this. I always get messages from nature spirits and it's always a part of the consultations. And if you don't get one, that's also a message too. So it's all about gaining clarity and peace of mind and having an understanding of how spirit speaks to you. And so if you can go out in the the woods and get weird and hug a tree and, you know, take your shoes off, that is a gift in itself. I should also mention, uh, I'll probably have Chris on the show, um, we're, we're pretty stacked through the summer. We're, We're actually, I've got, um, oh my God, we've already got like seven people lined up in may and it's just getting heavier and heavier but um i'm thinking about maybe having her on either in august or september um i actually flew up there to help her with her feng shui and and her home and holy cow y'all within 24 hours by god she's already having what we call in the office the harper experience Things are opening up left and right for her and the magic continues to unfold. She keeps texting me. Oh my God, you're never going to believe what just happened. If only I got a dollar for every time I heard that from people. That's what this is all about. It's about the magic and it's the unexplainable, the unreasonable, the illogical that's what happens. And that's what's so magical about it. So I'm definitely going to have her on the show so that she can tell her side of the story and share with you this magic, because I want all of you to be able to touch it and enjoy it and experience it because it is so awesome. Uh, I also want to mention, don't forget, I've got an online basics class coming up called Feng Shui 101. I mentioned it last week. Uh, It's an introductory class to get you started in the basics of feng shui. This is important because I know a lot of you follow me because you love the fact that I'm also an interior designer, but we cannot do any of that pretty stuff until we get the energy right. Otherwise, you're putting lipstick on a pig, right? I mean, you can bring all that pretty stuff in there, but it's, you know, if you're not getting the energy right, it's still going to feel icky. So we do this class here locally and and we keep getting emails from people saying that, you know, they feel left out because they can't come. So I've put this class together. I'm just going to talk about the principles of Chi, go into a lot more depth about, you know, what that looks like, what that means, Uh, go into greater depth about the top five disruptors and also some nuts and bolts just to kind of solidify what this looks like for you and how you can start putting it into practice. Uh, I think that um, what's really great about this is it just gives you a greater understanding of the essentials so that you can start uh, practicing it in your own life. And then if you listen to a podcast like, you know, about the front door, how to feng shui your fridge or travel or anything like that, I think the nuts and bolts and the principles help you to just grasp uh, a little bit more about, you know, why it works and uh, how it can possibly work for you. So if you want more information about that, just go over to my website. You can click on the link. I've already got a button uh, on the homepage that says Feng Shui 101 class. You do have to register by May 15th. So um, if you want to make enrollment, make sure you go over there, uh, gatesinteriordesign.com and enroll. It's only 49 bucks, y'all. This is like a steal. So take advantage of it. Um, alrighty back to Stephanie. Today, we're going to talk about how she eased into this more sustainable life. We're going to talk about what the hell sustainability is versus eco friendly. And if there's even a difference, uh, what are some of the worst habits that people are doing and what you need to do to start breaking those because you can do that immediately and just easy everyday habits that you can do right now to start shifting this eco-friendly way of life. Isn't this sound fun? Hell yeah. Let's do it. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome to the show. I am excited to have Stephanie Safarian on the show today from Mama Minimalist. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: I am. We were just talking before the show. um, This entire month is going to be about eco friendly sustainability and all that. And one of the things that I always get flack for is the fact that um, I do not have children. So I'm excited to have you on because you do have kids. And um, I think that you are proof positive that we can do this eco thing. But before we dive into all the the fancy terminology and, and what all this means, How did you get into all of this?
1: Well, uh, it's been a long journey. It's been about two years of me slowly going down a eco-friendly minimalist path, but it really didn't just start with sustainability. It started with minimalism. And minimalism came into my life uh, right very shortly after my first daughter was born. I was just so overwhelmed with all the stuff This little thing needed and the maintaining of the stuff, the cleaning of the stuff, the organizing the stuff, especially as she became a toddler and was destroying the home, really threw me for a loop. And so, minimalism, which is essentially um, keeping what's necessary and being intentional with your purchases, really made my life so much easier right off the bat. I saw a huge improvement in my happiness and in my amount of free time. And yeah, my life really just instantly improved, but shortly after I started this decluttering journey, I found myself wondering, well, where's all this stuff going (laughs) and how much energy and resources go into making and packaging and shipping this, whatever, this burp cloth, for example, that I don't really even need. And now I'm so cavalier in discarding it. So I joined minimalist groups online and everybody was very lovely. However, there was a lot of talk about just tossing stuff and sending, sending stuff to the curb um, for the garbage pickup. And that definitely did not sit right with me at all. So I felt as though maybe perhaps I'm not a minimalist. Um, maybe I'm a little more eco-friendly. And so then I joined the eco-friendly groups online, and I learned a lot so fast. I was, I was definitely a newbie, and I started making green changes in my home and doing little things to do my part, but because I was just a beginner and I had a lot of really, quote-unquote, silly questions, I felt like in these zero-waste groups, um, I didn't fit in either because silly questions – Weren't always (laughs) uh, met at with the kindest of ears, and sometimes it even felt a little preachy. So, um, and I say that in the most loving way possible, but I just didn't feel as though I could ask those beginner easy questions. And um, so I searched long and hard for a place online that was talking about eco friendly minimalism, or what I like to call sustainable minimalism, and I just couldn't find it anywhere. So without knowing what I was doing at all, I uh, started a blog about it. (laughs) And here we are.
0: (laughs) I love it. And I I love that you talk about the long journey because I think that is so important. A lot of times people will think that you just come out of left field and decide tomorrow that you're going to do this and you know everything. And that is not how it works. And you are going to have silly questions, and I agree, there there can be some um, preachiness to those who are eco-friendly, who, by the way, have been doing it a long time, so they think, oh, well, everybody knows this. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that that's really important to hear, because I know when I started my own journey, um, I started with one thing, and that one thing was I became a vegetarian. And so I did that for six months. And then my second thing was, is I started making all of my own home cleaners, um, you know, so that I wasn't buying the, the toxins and putting them in my house. And, and, you know, I was just using vinegar and baking soda and things like that. But I did that for like eight months, you know, so I slowly went into it, um, to not get overwhelmed because I think that can happen too. And in that time frame, you can get those questions answered, which um, I think that you can really do it, mama minimalist, but what are ways for people that are listening today that, you know, are curious and maybe do want to do this, but they, they do go to those places and they're fearful of asking those questions. Can they
1: come to you and ask those questions? I would love it if they came to me and asked those <laughs> questions. I also have a podcast and I try hard to, Hit those beginner questions, those beginner concerns while also educating. And I try so hard to do it in a non-preachy way because to be honest, the preachiness really almost turned me off from the whole thing at the get-go. So that's that's my mission with what I'm doing.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think that's a shame because I I think that everybody can do this. One of the reasons that I wrote the the book, Easy Habits, Easy Everyday Habits is um you can literally do one thing and make a huge impact. And one of those things is just to decline straws when you go out to eat. I mean, how freaking simple is that? So I I think that it's literally, um, your dollar is a vote. So every time you make a conscious decision, you're being eco-friendly. You don't have to be like this loud, gregarious, sustainable person to be quote unquote eco-friendly. So I'm curious, um, What was sustainability to you back
1: then, and what does sustainability mean to you now? So before I had children, I would probably say that sustainability was, you know, driving a Prius, carrying around your reusable bags, definitely a vegan, wearing Birkenstocks, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that would be like the avatar for eco-friendliness in my head but that is not actually the case yes i do drive a hybrid car and <laughs> yes i do reuse uh reusable bags but sustainability these days for me is more about just doing my small part to make sure that we have a habitable planet for our children and um for me, it's now about making choices that are mindful instead of mindless and doing things with intention instead of just doing what everybody else is doing or buying what everybody else is buying simply because companies tell us we need it, if that makes any sense.
0: Yeah. And I, I think that that's a fantastic avatar because <laughs> that's what a lot of people <laughs> kind of envision. Um, I want to share this. This is from your blog. And this really made me laugh out loud. But I know that the listeners, uh, many of my listeners are moms. And I think that you can relate to this. And I think that this is really important to hear. Because, you know, just like Stephanie just said, if we really want to preserve our planet for the generations that are ahead, You know, one of the things that really shocked me was the rate of extinction of a lot of things like coral reefs. If we continue at our current pace, we'll be gone by 2050. That's 30 years, folks. (laughs) So there are so many things that we could be doing to change this. And I want to share this um, statement that Stephanie makes because I think this is what stops us and we get so overwhelmed that we do nothing. She says, I had two beautiful, wonderful children but I was still pressed on this punishing pace. I vacuumed the house with an infant strapped to my chest while picking up toddler's discarded toys. I hosted play dates while preparing dinner for my family. I was forever playing catch up and forever behind. I thought that, busy, I thought that being busy meant I was doing it right. I love that. I assumed that adulthood was supposed to be this way. Good Lord, how many people think that? It wasn't until one afternoon as I stuffed a pacifier in one kid's mouth, sang to the other, scarfed down a half-eaten granola bar and sped through a yellow light that I realized, holy shit, there's gotta be a different way. Yeah. I, I, I love this epiphany of yours. And so I would say that this is your your defining moment that you realize that, you know, there's gotta be a, a better way. But for the moms that are listening today who can resonate with this, how do you take this lifestyle and go, Okay, there's a better way? And then, you know, kind of transition into this simpler way of being.
1: Well, I think it's incredibly important to remember that doing, or I think it's important to remember that being eco-friendly is a practice and nobody has to be perfect. We're all overwhelmed, overworked, overtired, right? Um, And so, but doing a little bit imperfectly when we all do it makes a huge difference. So I, I always suggest to my listeners and readers, you don't have to do it all at once. I suggest you take the low-lying fruit first, the the easy things, um, before you even attempt to tackle the mid-level fruits, the little bit harder things. Try, start small, start with your, um, you know, if you go to Starbucks often, uh, start by keeping a cup in your purse and asking them, to be bold, ask them to fill it, that one up instead of the um, disposable one. Try that on for size do nothing else and reassess after a couple of weeks. If that change feels good with you and on you and you're ready to tackle something else, then go to the next step. But again, nobody needs to be eco-perfect, right? It's not a, there's no medal that you are going to win. Um, but doing a little bit when a lot of people do a little bit goes a long way.
0: Amen. I mean, I think that's the biggest problem is nobody is, the majority of everybody is doing nothing, which is um, really what was surprising when I did research for, for my book was that um, 25% of the US economy is doing, or of the global economy, 25% is, is what's doing the damage, and it comes from the US because we're just not, um, we're, we're going through resources at such a vapid pace um and i think what's really important from your blog one of the things that i it, it's so simple but you say we need sustainability in all areas of our life and i think that's so true because the description that you really painted out was sustainability of just time you know how you're pressing yourself and pushing yourself and and putting these perceived um ideas in how like you say it's i just thought i assumed that adulthood was supposed to be this way and you know i herald you for stopping and and going but wait a minute what if there's a better way you know (laughs) like maybe there truly is a better way and so um you know for those who are listening today who are you know at this rapid pace How do you start to find sustainability, not in just your everyday habits as far as being eco-friendly, but in everything, in all areas, whether it's consumerism, whether it's your time, whether it's, you know, what you do with your children, how do you start to get that sustainability um, in all parts of your family?
1: Well, as a sustainable minimalist, keyword being minimalist, I believe that we all have massive powers massive power, collective power as consumers by simply buying less and questioning whether we truly need item X, Y, or Z, whatever it may be. Um, Companies love to tell us that we need this for convenience because we're so busy and this will save you time and this will save your sanity. Um, But I invite everybody to really question what's being fed to us and determine for yourself and for your family what's right. Um, Because if we all simply bought less, bought what we truly needed or borrowed or reused what we truly needed instead of always running to Amazon where our credit card information is saved and it's super easy to buy everything or wherever you get your stuff, um, if we simply bought less, that alone would make a huge impact on our planet, I believe.
0: Yeah, I would definitely agree that consumerism has gotten out of control. For somebody who is a layperson and they're totally new to this and have no freaking clue what we're talking about, I mean, I'm sure they're aware <laughs> of um, being an eco-friendly, you know, a lifestyle. But like you said, they probably think of that avatar that we were thinking about. Um, what are some of the definitions of the terminology that we're using today? Like, what does sustainability mean? What does eco-friendly mean? What does being green mean? I think that. Um, There's a lot of terminology that gets thrown around, and there's definitely greenwashing. So, to a layperson, they may be like, oh my God, there's like a whole vernacular (laughs) to just be green.
1: I love this question, and I must say I've never been asked it, um, but it's so important, right? For a newbie to even these conversations, they have no idea what the difference is between all these words. So, green and eco friendly are pretty much synonyms, in my view. Eco friendly and green just means Doing something that isn't harmful to the planet. So eco-friendly is often ter- used in terms of practices like hanging your laundry is eco-friendly. It doesn't cause harm or eco-friendly products means generally it doesn't cause harm to the planet. But the term sustainable is quite precise actually and it means that whatever you're talking about um, doesn't compromise the future of the planet or doesn't compromise the ability of future generations to live in harmony and happiness. So sustainability is about the future and um, that, that's it. <laughs> sustainability is about the future whereas eco-friendly is really just current harm.
0: And I would add to that, I think that another another definition that you can say about sustainability is just being very conscientious of what's called a carbon footprint. So Stephanie was just talking about this idea of Amazon. And a lot of people love the convenience of online shopping. But one of the things that people don't take into consideration is the carbon footprint that that um, creates on our planet as far as uh, distribution centers where they're located, what it takes to operate those as far as everything from the lighting systems to heat and air and the, the people that it requires to get to these facilities. And then the diesel trucks and the cars and all of the exhaust and everything, the packaging, I mean, there's, it has been proven that actually, um, online shopping is one of the most, uh, detrimental, um, sustainable things because of the carbon footprint that it puts on so this is not to scare anybody Um, it's just more about being conscientious of the decisions that you make every day and how you um, consume your products and like Stephanie said what are little things that you can do like you mentioned the clothesline which I love because (laughs) growing up I was raised by a hippie mother (laughs) She made her own granola. We made our own soap. We made our own cleaners. And we always, 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 in fact, to this day, my mother still has a clothesline. She washes her clothes and she puts them out and she has the little clothespins, the little snappy clothespins, which I remember as a kid, uh, my friends asking me, what are those? (laughs) not knowing what a clothespin was, but there are a lot of little things that I think that, um, used to be a way of, of, everyday life. And we've gotten away from because of the quote unquote convenience to, um, free up time to do more busy. So we're being rather than doing. Um, but I'm curious, you know, because it, this sounds so overwhelming. There's like an entire vernacular around it. And people may be like totally overwhelmed as they're listening to us like, oh my God, like you have convinced me that I don't wanna do this. You know, in your opinion, why is this worth the extra effort? I mean, if if somebody is listening to this for the first time and, and they know that they should be doing it, but they've been kind of tuning it out and ignoring it and kind of putting their head in the sand, why should they do it and where should they
1: start? Great question. So the why, I mean, if caring for the planet isn't your thing and it isn't for everybody, it, it isn't. Um, there are other reasons why you should just naturally gravitate to a more eco-friendly lifestyle. And the big one is that you will save money by being more eco-friendly. Let's go back to that folding your laundry example, by uh, using the sun (laughs) to dry your clothes, you will be saving a lot of money on your electricity bill by not running your dryer. And you will have to replace that dryer, which, by the way, um, is not made to wonderful standards these days because if it breaks, you have to buy another one. Um, You're just going to be saving money on dryer-related costs in the long run and when it comes to disposables in in america in particular disposable everything right we have uh disposable napkins tissues paper so all the paper products um you know think come up with something women's products yeah. yeah everything is disposable if you Just stop using disposables and use reusable items that perform the same function and oftentimes even better than the disposable. You will be saving so much money because those disposable items come at a premium. They are more expensive and they require you to be constant consumers because you always have to replace. So that's a big one. Saving money for some people, the thought of saving significant cash will help them make some eco-friendly transitions. But another benefit and another reason of why you should do it is perhaps like me, I get a lot of satisfaction from kind of like bucking the system and pushing back and you know, asking, well, why do I need this product? Why should I buy it just because you say it's convenient? Um, you know, the companies I don't think have our best interests at hand. Their interests are making money, my money. And, um, so I love to kind of prove just to myself that, uh, I'm not, I'm not a minion, if that makes any sense. But, um, so then I think your second question was, where do you start? Well, I, you know, again, you start where you're at. So, um, you 're not going to go out and be a vegan and start composting tomorrow if if you haven 't s- tackled the low lying fruit first so i don 't even suggest you start small I suggest you start tiny so if you 're not grocery shopping with reusable bags, um, maybe you start that 's pretty mainstream now where I am um, most people i'm most people I think by me at least are using reusable bags so if you 're not Start there. Try that change on for size. Keep them in your bag. Like get your get your um, get your what's the word? Get your routine down so that you know they're in your trunk. You remember to get them. You remember to bring them in the bag. Remember to bring them in the store. Um, and then when you get that down, maybe you take go to step two, which is instead of taking those flimsy plastic uh, produce bags that like rip the second you put something in them, those are terrible. Um, You either purchase produce bags, like for your fruit, for your apples, or just use old pillowcases, which is, in my opinion, um, the smarter choice. We all have extra pillowcases lying around. Just stick your fruits and vegetables in there and save the plastic bag. So again, start where you're at and then build off of your successes.
0: I love that. I think that those are two very easy steps to take um and uh speaking of the uh produce bags um i always tell people to buy um i've never thought of the pillowcase i love that i have like 30 of those things um but i always encourage people to buy uh flip and tumble produce bags um but i did uh we did math here in our office and We determined that if we used our produce bags even 50% of the time and forgot them 50% of the time, but got two of our friends, which I did, I got my mom and my um, in laws to do the bags. But we realized that by four of us using the bags and forgetting them 50% of the time, we were saving 3,000 bags a year from going into um, landfills. And so you have to think about. Um this idea of you're going to the grocery store, you're using a plastic bag to put your fruits and veggies in to get you home, which is usually five to fifteen minutes away, and then you throw the bag away. Like it's kind of ridiculous. <laughs> it
1: is. It's and so ridiculous.
0: I love again. I love the idea of the pillowcase, but like my flip and tumble bags, I got seven or eight years ago. I can throw them in the washing machine. You could throw a pillowcase in the washing machine, and you can reuse it again and again and again. And and the good thing is, is that if you don't remember it all the time, you're still saving a good portion of bags from going into landfills. And I think that that's important, um, because every like Stephanie said, every little thing counts, especially as, if we do it as a collective. So. I have an opinion around this, but I'm curious now that you've been doing Mama Minimalist, um, you know, what's been the biggest hang up? Why do people not do this? What what are some trends that you've seen?
1: Uh, I've definitely seen the biggest concern being time and. Um, the convenience of disposable. So, lack of time and need for convenient disposable things. Because, again, most of us are stressed out, especially moms. We're crunched for time. We're chasing kids. We're running here. We're cooking dinner. We might be working. You know, we have a lot on our plates. And um, I suggest that to get over the time and convenience issues, you really find your tribe. The internet is so great for this. Um, there are Millions of eco-conscious men and women not just in the Western world, but all over the world. They're out there They're ready to help. They um, have tips and tricks and offer support that um, Can really take the most eco naive of us and turn us into, you know, real eco warriors
0: And I would add to that that I think you should get your kids involved Because kids get really, um, they, uh, Deborah, the gal that works for me, uh, with me, she's got two grandchildren, and they take to it like water, like fish to water. They are just, it's so natural to them, and they like it, and it becomes a game to them, and they enjoy it, and, you know, she's starting them young with it. But I think that um, we underestimate, you know, we get caught up in the lack of, you know, the time and and we want the convenience, but I think we forget that kids are all over this. Like it makes perfect sense to them. So you can really get them involved and and have them uh, help you in doing it uh, and make it a family thing. So I think that that could be really beneficial. Um, You were talking a minute ago about the uh, pillowcases and, and reusing those, which really creates zero waste living. I want to talk a little bit about that because that's starting to become a pretty big buzzword. And I think that zero waste is a little bit more advanced. So those who are listening today, don't panic. (laughs) But I definitely want people to understand what zero waste is and why it matters.
1: So I totally agree with you. It, the term zero waste just sounds intense, right? Like it's very black and white. Either you produce zero waste or you don't. And I personally hate the term zero waste. It just sets everybody up for failure because my view is in today's 21st century life, it's impossible to live completely zero waste. So I prefer the term low waste living, which is much less daunting and much more accessible, I think. But essentially, zero waste living is a practice uh, to produce less waste and send less trash to the landfill each week. That's all it is. It's just to produce less trash. So you said it was an advanced technique and perhaps, um, but I think that anybody can do it. And whether you're seasoned in sustainability or not, like the first step is just to look in your trash can and see what you're throwing up. That's that's step one. And, and anybody can open up their trash can and look inside. I'm guessing for most people, the contents are going to be food packaging, right? Like granola bar wrappers, et cetera. That's one category. And the other is um, paper products like napkins, tissues, and paper towels. So again, we're not... We're not gonna go zero waste tomorrow. Uh, We might never go completely zero waste, but step one would be to tackle those paper products. Um, Replace your paper towels with rags and you can just cut up old stained clothing or stained sheets and create a rag drawer or a rag uh, basket under your sink. Um, and by the way, rags work way better than paper towels. They're free and um, they're amazing. So that's that. For tissues, you know, bring back the handkerchief, like stick it in your pocket, It you know, pretend you're grandma or grandpa <laughs> and live your best life. Like, I don't know why handkerchiefs ever left. They, they're, they're genius and they're free. Um, and then napkins, just go with classy cloth napkins. Bring class. Bring class into every meal. Um, yeah, you'll just save a lot of money, and you'll key key is you'll reduce your trash by a ton. Now, the next step with the food pra- packaging, the granola bar wrappers, um, that's a whole nother story. That's where things do get a little bit harder. But um, not to go too deep into it, but the first thing to do if you're still buying individually wrapped food items, like think about like raisins in the little boxes or granola bars or snack packs. The first step when it comes to just producing less waste is to stop buying stuff that's individually wrapped and separate your snacks at home. So if you're buying a box of um, Cheez-Its, don't buy the snack pack Cheez-Its, buy the box and then separate it into snack pack portions at home.
0: I love that. And I, I think that it more than anything, I think it's just about being conscientious, like being conscious. Because I think a lot of the things that we do on a daily basis, we are on autopilot because we are busy. And so we're not paying attention. And I agree. I think that zero waste is does set you up for failure Um, But I wanted to talk about it because it's becoming a buzzword. A lot more people are starting to talk about it. A lot more books are getting written about it. And there are some extremists. There are people out there uh, like B. Johnson in San Francisco who is literally living a zero waste life. And you'll see those uh, glass jars with just the little produce labels on them. And like, this is all the trash that we've done in the entire year. And like, that is really intimidating. So I wanted, one, I want people to understand that I agree with Stephanie. I think it's more of a low waste and it's just being about conscious uh, purchasing and conscious decisions and just paying attention to what you're doing. And some of the things that we've mentioned today are uh, in the category of zero waste. So the pillowcases or using the the produce bags, uh, whether for your produce or the actual canvas shoppers is zero waste because you're not wasting those. Uh, paper products um, or plastic products too with the produce Uh, paper products like she said cloth napkins um, you know cleaning rags things like that there's absolutely no reason to use any paper plates I mean that's another one that a lot of people go through you don't need any of those things cleaning, uh, your cleaning products. If you make your own, you can go to places like Costco and buy a big ass bag of baking soda and a big bottle of vinegar. And for me, that usually lasts me about 18 months. So you're not, you know, buying all the individual containers for all the, you know, like the Windex and the soft scrub and all the, which has toxins and chemicals in it. So it's kind of a win-win dryer sheets. Air fresheners, oh, my God, air fresheners are the bane of my existence. (laughs) You do not need those. Um, And then just taking into consideration when you do need something, um, we'll use the word new, but new to you, consider buying it used. So maybe if you need um, something new to wear, go to uh, a consignment shop. If you need furniture, buy used. If you need dishes, buy used. Because you're not creating more waste and you're recycling something that is new to you and you're not having to buy new. So it's easy to lean into this lifestyle Um, and it can become really fun. If you really look at it that way, I think that it could be fun. Right? Wouldn't you agree, Stephanie?
1: Yeah. And I'll take it one step further. It's fun, but I've experienced personally and I hear from a lot of people I interview that Embarking on this lifestyle is incredibly empowering. It can become really easy to read the statistics and just feel hopeless and throw up your hands. Well, why should I even try if the situation of our planet is so dire? But doing eco-friendly things a little bit every day really, um, in my case, empowers me to continue down the journey.
0: I think that's an incredible point because it does, it's empowering and you feel good. Um, And, you know, one of the things that I always encourage my clients to do is to have what's called a joy journal, you know, gratitude and grateful for. And so it's really great um, to consider in the evening or in the morning, whenever you write on there, like things that you're grateful for and the things that you're doing well. And, you know. You can literally seek the joy out and you can be like, today, (laughs) I didn't buy paper products. You know, that's a win. So celebrate those little wins and, and be proud of yourself for those little things because like we've been talking about, they add up. And if you're doing two or three things and I'm doing two or three things and Stephanie's doing two or three things, now we're starting a movement. Now we're starting to make change, which I think is so important. So what I would like to do is You were saying at the beginning that you would have silly questions or you would think that, you know, well, I didn't know about these things. What are some questions that people need to be asking? What are some things that we need to be considering?
1: Are you asking me what are people, what should people be asking like as they embark on this journey?
0: Yeah. Like you said that in the beginning you, you had what you thought were silly questions, which they probably weren't silly. They were probably very valid questions that everybody has at some point on this journey. Um, or maybe they haven't even considered and they should be asking them. Hmm.
1: That's an interesting question. So um, I one question I suggest everybody ask themselves is, um, do I have to buy this or can I borrow it from a friend or family member first? Um, because again it's really easy to just click purchase on the internet, um, but do you truly need it? Can you instead borrow and if you can't borrow, can you thrift it? Um, again, people have these weird notions of thrift stores that they smell like mothballs and um, you know they're just gross, dungy places but <laughs> but great like thanks to the internet um, thrifting 21st century f- Thrifting means you go on Facebook Marketplace or you go on Poshmark and you find what you need for a fraction of the price of new. So that's one question I'd ask myself. Can I borrow it? Can I thrift it instead of buying new? Um, another question is, can I donate or reuse this item instead of throwing it away? So again, like I feel as though a lot of people think that when they put their trash can out on the, on the curb the trash, nobody thinks like, where does it go? Nobody, maybe you've heard of a landfill, but you don't really know what it looks like or why they're terrible. And so like the thought, the thought of your item going to the curb, like it stops at the curb, but it really doesn't. So this XYZ item, can you donate it to a worthy recipient? Can you reuse it in another way? That's question number two. And I guess, um, the third question I'd suggest everybody ask themselves is, um, can I perform a simple swap in my life, uh, that will help the planet and not be painful to me? So again, like a, a handkerchief is putting a handkerchief in your pocket, um, and using that throughout your day and then throwing it in your wash at your next wash cycle. Is that, A painful or a painless swap? And is it something that you think you could take on?
0: I think those are very valid questions. And I'm hoping that everybody's listening to this and taking notes because (laughs) I think that um, really considering, I I think that's such a great point that when we need something, we have been so conditioned uh, to just jump online and buy it. And then if it is a one time use item, it's like, well, So for example, I recently sold a saw that I used for a home remodeling project. And I, like you said, 21st century uh, thrift stores, I put it up on Facebook and another gentleman, he bought it for a bathroom remodel that he was doing and he only needed it for two things. And then he went on Facebook and he resold it. And that same saw ended up getting reused by four people. Awesome. So it was fantastic because none of those people had to buy that saw but it was it was getting you know good use and everybody was benefiting from it and so that's such a great example of um if all four people had gone out and purchased a new saw as opposed to using one that was working and doing exactly what they needed so i think that's such a valid point if you can borrow it reuse it you know go to a thrift shop i love thrifting in fact half my house is from a thrift store and i'm an interior designer folks and I also want to mention, you know, I think you're right. I think a lot of people, they just shove their trash out to the curb. Um, it's kind of like when we go to the grocery store, we just, you know, assume that we're always going to have strawberries and apples and we just assume that it's going to arrive. I guess the the, the fruit fairies bring it in, um, you know, but the thing to take into consideration is that when it goes out to your curb, it's getting dumped into a landfill. People do not go through it. They're not separating it. A lot of places say that they do, but they don't and you know when we're talking about feng shui these landfills are getting more and more prevalent they're getting larger and larger and they're getting grosser and grosser because we are consumer our, our consumerism is getting out of control and it creates toxic chi it creates toxic energy for our planet and the bigger and grosser they get and the more that we create the more harmful it's going to be to our planet and it's seeping and leaching into the ground as well so that gets into our groundwater so you need to be thinking about these things. And I would encourage you to go online and just see what a landfill looks like. Most kids probably don't even know what a landfill is <laughs> because I've mm-hmm. never seen one. So what I'd like to do is end on, in your opinion, just since you've been doing this for um, several years now and you've been doing this blog and, and really educating yourself, what are some of the, the bad habits that you see people doing that could easily be switched out, that can be easily changed?
1: ooh uh so number 1 is just being unintentional in your buying like with so how, uh, let me start that again <laughs> so number 1 is just being unintentional in your buying and buying cuz you think you need it instead of um you know, searching for other thrifting options, donating options, or perhaps not purchasing at all. Another is um, wasting energy unnecessarily. So keeping the thermo like I'm live in the Northeast. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't I'm not even gonna tell you what we keep our thermostat in the winter in the winter. You <laughs> believe sorry, it. I wanna know. <laughs> <What> <laughs> you, do you keep honestly it? you wanna know? Well yes, okay love- my bad habit uh, is like people leaving it at 75. We leave our house during the day at 62, and at night, it goes down to 55. Wow. But
0: (laughs) I I just want to jump in here and say – when your days are getting down to below 0 or 9 degrees 55 feels pretty good but yes it is cold
1: <laughs> yeah and i mean there are days like there are days i'm wearing multiple sweatshirts and there are days i sneak over to the thermostat and i you know hit it up a couple degrees but um in general you know we become acclimated to lower temperatures we're saving on oil we're saving on our oil bill and um you know we're, we're saving energy. So, and then the third one, I guess, would just be relying heavily on disposable items because you think you can't, um, function without them. And I think, and I, I think that that's been ingrained in our minds through companies who tell us that we're so busy and that we need X, Y, or Z product. And, um, I, Just ask people to reconsider whether uh, we truly want to be a disposable planet and whether we want our households to be comprised of primarily disposable items.
0: I think those are fantastic tips. Um, I would encourage everybody um, to look Stephanie up. She has a great uh, guide called Zero Waste Swaps for Eco-Friendly Living. Um, she's got all kinds of categories, kitchen, bathroom, laundry, just ways that you can improve your lifestyle to be more eco-friendly. If people are interested in learning more about you, Stephanie, or want to uh, dive into more information, where can they find you?
1: So my website is mamaminimalist.com. That's m a m a minimalist.com And my podcast is The Sustainable Minimalist's. I love it. Well, thank you so much for coming on
0: to the show today. I think that this is going to be really beneficial for a lot of people and I'm hoping that we seeped into their brains and they're going to take an action today and start doing one thing that is eco-friendly.
1: Yes. I hope we did that in a non-preachy way.
0: (laughs) Preachy or not, I want every single one of you that listens to this show to get up off your ass. And I want you all to start participating in this eco way of living. Um, There are so many fantastic tips that you can start doing today. Uh, You can do the no paper products. You can turn down straws, uh, start using eco shopper bags, uh, start making your own cleaners. There's so many little things that you can start doing today that add up and make a huge, huge difference then after you do them and after you partake in this i want you to email us and let us know what you are doing Um, i think it's always fun to add in uh, a little bit of competition that you might hear other people doing things that you should be doing too hey i I, shameless I, i know this i'm still gonna do it because i want each and every one of you uh to be taking eco practices seriously and doing them today more information about me, you can head on over to gatesinteriordesign.com. You can check out my book, um, Easy Everyday Habits to Be More Eco-Friendly. It is on Amazon. The print book hopefully will be out in the next week or so. It got delayed a little bit because, uh, well, maybe I had to make some changes. I edited it a little bit. So anyways, it's coming soon. Patience, my friends, patience, Uh, but uh, you can, there is access to the digital version, so you could get that one today. If not, just wait a couple more weeks and the paperback will be out. It'll be up on Amazon. Um, If you'd like to reach out to us, you can hit us up at at letschatatthegatescompany.com. And hey, if you like the show, be sure to subscribe. You can find us on iTunes and on Stitcher. All right, everyone. Trust the vibe because the energy never lies.